Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We're the podcast twins and the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You will also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. As you heard in our last podcast, it isn't only K-12 education experiencing hardships resulting from the lack of the Commonwealth's funding support. Higher education is as well. The combination of ever-increasing tuition and fees combined with decreased state funding means that public higher education students and their families are subjected to stunning expenses for higher education while attending Massachusetts public colleges and universities. This is truly a cause for concern among higher education students and their families, but it should also concern everyone in Massachusetts, a state that prides itself on access to education. We are speaking today with UMass Lowell Jr. and Phenom member Jack Bove about the impact of this on students who wish to attend Massachusetts public colleges and universities. Jack also spoke at our Leisure Legislative Forum in March about the urgent need to reverse this trend, and he is articulate about why the pathway to a college degree through Massachusetts public university system should be more attainable. Jack explains what has happened to Massachusetts public education funding support and how the ever-increasing tuitions and fees place a financial burden on students and families throughout their higher education career and beyond. Jack also explains how the CHERISH Act restores the Commonwealth's commitment to higher ed, and he tells us about the debt-free higher education bill. So we're here with Jack, Jack Bove, from University of Massachusetts at Lowell. You're a junior, Jack, is that correct? Yes, I am. And your field of study is? Uh, Political science and economics. And this is like a perfect segue into what we're going to talk to Jack about today, which is something that uh, college students everywhere should be and probably are very engaged about, and that is the Cherish Act. So first of all, Jack, you're a member of Phenom. Can you explain what Phenom is for those of us who might not know too much? Sure. So Phenom is the Public Higher Education Network of Massachusetts, and it's this student advocacy group that works on students' rights, borrower rights for student loan debt, workers' rights at colleges, and we have chapters on most Massachusetts state school campuses as well as most community colleges, Mm -hmm. and so we just try to spread the word about what our advocacy is. So right now it's for the CHERISH Act, but we also have platforms on student loan borrower rights, faculty rights, student rights, uh, wage justice for faculty. So I'd really recommend looking it up on, uh, if you just Google Phenom, you can find our homepage, you can see our platform, you can see our organizers, but we do a lot more than just the Cherish Act. Okay, terrific. And for listeners, we will have some links posted on our website, and Phenom's link will be there for people who would like to know a little bit more. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about 
tuition increases. I, I'm going to date myself, I'm sure. But when I went to undergraduate school, my entire undergraduate bill was somewhere around $10,000 for four years of college. And, you know, over the years, that certainly is not the case anymore. In fact, it's quite crippling. So talk to us a little bit about the needs of students and why this CHERISH Act and the debt-free uh, bill that Jimmy Eldridge is promoting is so important to students. Right. So the average uh, UML student, if I remember correctly, leaves school with about $30,000 in debt. But that's uh, that number was calculated, if I remember correctly, with um, federal debt only. So like subsidized loans, unsubsidized loans, but all federal loans that you don't pay off until you leave. If you count uh, private loan debt uh, on top of that, that number skyrockets. I mean, I pay, you know, $13,000 a year, but I'm a commuter. I don't dorm. For the people who do, that number generally gets a good bit closer to $25,000, $30,000 a year. Uh, And UMass Lowell is one of the cheaper on-state campuses, like Amherst is higher. Um, And so, you know, what makes the Cherish Act and the Debt-Free Future Bill, I mean, especially so important is that you know, a lot of students go to school because they have to, but they don't necessarily know how they're going to pay for it. And, you know, you end up leaving school shackled by this debt that you're going to be paying off for the next decade. And it really prevents you from kind of, you know, engaging in a lot of um, economic activity that you wouldn't, that you would normally do. Like, if you wanted to buy a house, a car, start a family, mm-hmm. you can't really do that if you're saddled with so much sure. debt. And I mean, I know that UML students want to contribute to the workforce, but we, you know, we just have to worry about that. You know, college students everywhere have to worry about that. And it really kind of prevents people from fulfilling the, you know, a lot of what they want to do. It's a huge concern, not only for the students, but for their families as well. Absolutely. As they try to support students going through higher education. Jack, since you're, you're living it right now, would you have any suggestions or advice for incoming students? Uh, I mean, what I would say is just have a plan. Um, my family, you know, when we when we sent me to school, we were just like, we'll take the federal loans that we can get, and we'll just try to figure the rest out. Uh, and as this last this last couple of years have uh, shown, it really wasn't a good idea to go in there and just kind of wing it. Um, definitely, I would recommend if you know you're going to take federal loans, obviously plan for that. But if you're unsure, you should have a plan. Like if you have to take private loans, as sad as that is, or if you have to commute, or if you have to look for off-campus housing. Uh, what I would say is don't, especially for incoming UML students, is if you can avoid it, don't bite the bullet of dorming. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just... Very good advice. It's yeah. just cheaper to live off campus or cheaper to commute. And I know that mm-hmm. some people don't like that or right. are worried about their performance if they don't. But right. it's a real good cost-saving measure that you can take in the meantime until we try to you know fix the mess that is consistently raising tuition. And it is it is quite a mess. You know, yeah. when you're talking about... $25,000 to attend a public university. Um, it is mind-boggling, just mind-boggling how people come up with that. So that means over the four years, you're spending $100,000. And uh, it, it's concerning to, to people, I think. And what's the time frame that's expected for students to actually pay off their loans? It's usually about 10 years or so. I mean, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, depending on the type of job you get out of school. But I think the median graduate income for UML is about 65000 something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back to the last time I looked it up. It's, it's usually about 5, 10, 
years, sometimes longer if you have a lot of private debt. That's just, a long time to have that hanging over your head. It is. Especially and when you're trying to build a life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Right, right. We talked a little bit about Phenom. Can you talk about what in particular Phenom is doing right here in Lowell? Sure. So uh, here in Lowell, we're working on getting the Cherish Act and the um, Promise Act passed, so the Fund Our Future campaign. We're working on trying to get that through the State House. We also, of course, work on the Debt-Free Future campaign. But right now, since the uh, deadline that we set for ourselves on the Fund Our Future campaign is May 1st, we're really just trying to get support amongst the student body and local legislators for this pair of bills. Of course, you know, we focus more on the Cherish Act, so I can talk a little bit more about yes. that. Yeah, I, um, I think that would be good for our listeners to know about the Cherish Act, because mm-hmm. I, I think many people know about the Promise Act, but have kind of not paid too much attention, unfortunately. Yeah. So the Cherish Act is um, it's similar to the Promise Act in that it gets a lot of new funding for state education, but it's just for higher ed. Mm-hmm. So since the Promise Act is a billion dollars for... Um, K through 12, the Cherish Act is 500 million for state higher ed. So not private colleges, not like BU or Harvard or anything like that, but UMass campuses, Mass Art, community colleges. Um, and that funding uh, goes along with a five-year tuition and uh, fee freeze until um, funding reaches the levels that it had as a proportion of the state budget in 2001, which is where this bill started essentially because our state higher education funding as a percentage of the state budget, has declined since then. It's a pretty phenomenal decline as well. And that with the increase in, in tuition and fees. There was and a 2.5 like, increase, yeah. uh, percent increase last summer. Oh, my goodness. So, no, you know, no wonder students come out of colleges straddled mm-hmm. with debt. Now, Jack, you've been working on this for a while and volunteering a lot of your time. How do you feel personally it's being received by legislators? Um, I've gotten... A somewhat mixed response. I think um, certain state reps, state legislators who like realize that this is the way to go, realize that you know the number of people who come of age every two years and can suddenly vote in their district is pretty high. I think uh, certain members of the state house, Ed Kennedy in particular, backing the Fund Our Future Act, realize that it's important. Mm-hmm. But as you saw, mm-hmm. uh, Amy, at the forum, it's still somewhat uh, there's tepid. Some, there are still some, some other... reps that need to be convinced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we need more meetings. <laughs> yeah, I With mean, some. we're actually doing something called Advocacy Day tomorrow, oh. Oh. Uh, the twenty-first, where we're going to be busing people to the state house from uh, UML to go talk to their state reps and their state senators. And there will be about fifteen hundred students from every state school that we can muster there that's to great. go and speak to their state reps and that's their state senators. Awesome! That that's awesome. That's a great way to get people on board and knowledgeable about these You'll things. You'll be taking the state house by storm. Of course, it sounds that's what like, we want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, nothing better than that. Face to face. Yeah, personal face to face with huge numbers of. Yes. Yeah, so we'll definitely want to check back in with you about how that went, um, because we know at the forum, like you said, that there are some that are very some reps and senators that are very supportive, and some um, get cold and, feet, and some get cold yeah. feet. Yeah. They have leaders that they have to listen to, unfortunately. Yeah. Now you also mentioned the debt-free future bill. Hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that's a little different, isn't it? Yeah. So the debt-free future bill is essentially getting students at state schools a stipend to just go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that you get as long as you remain in good academic standing and you're taking a full-time course load. So good academic standing for the purposes of that is a 2.0 GPA. And we understand that that's a more radical ask, but we think that when the economic impact of these people coming out of school with, you know, 10 years of debt is so high and it's so harmful, we think that it's just an investment in the future. So that that bill is obviously kind of taking a sideline right now to the Cherish and Promise Act since we are doing advocacy day for both of those tomorrow. Um, but but debt-free future is not off the table. No, it's never off the table. No, no, no. We're just focusing on the Fund Our Future campaign a bit more right now because it's so pertinent. Um, but, of course, we still fully back the Debt-Free Future Act and um, obviously want to see it passed because we would like to see students who can go to state schools come out and just be able to join the workforce, mm-hmm. buy a home, buy a car, start a family, not just be hit with all this debt. And for educators who aren't in a career that makes a phenomenal amount of money, such as a software career might make, mm-hmm. um, I think a bill like this is really an important one Absolutely. to help help them make that decision to go into a, a more advocacy career. Yeah, I mean, I've had friends who, um, you know, want to do things in the humanities, social sciences, mm-hmm. you know, work in public sector jobs, you know, work as teachers. But they're worried that they can't because the, the pay just isn't good enough. Yeah. I mean, I myself, I mean, I plan on working in the public sector, but I realize that's going to, that's going to make me take longer to pay off my loans, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that hits very close to home for a lot of people. Sure, sure. Um, at our forum, you talked a lot about students who are worried about having to leave college mid college career. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that again with us? Yeah, so that was based on, um, I won't name names just out no. of respect for them, but one of my friends was worried that she was not going to be able to come back to school uh, this semester because if their GPA dipped below a certain threshold, mm-hmm. uh, they would lose an important scholarship and they suddenly would not be able to afford So you have to make to those ends connect. Yes. And if you can't, for some reason, mainly beyond your control... That hangs over your head yeah, as well. If, I mean, yeah. I've had people who have been concerned, like, oh, you know, my, my parents are switching jobs. You know, I'm out of a job. How am I going to pay for this? And it's just, to me, I think that's a problem that people shouldn't have. You're going to a state school. The state should be supporting you. It shouldn't be just sending you into uh, induced poverty. Yeah. But that's how it is right now. And, and if you have to leave school with this debt and no degree because you suddenly can't afford it, I think that's just absurd. I think that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Jack, would you have any idea um, if there's been a significant drop in your particular class size since from the year that you started because I, of re- maybe because of reasons like this? I haven't looked, if okay. I'm being entirely honest, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I know I know of like a couple of my friends who have transferred away okay. for you know cheaper schooling. One of or them they actually take a semester and. Uh, one of my friends who transferred away from the school, um, who was in my incoming freshman class, went to Northern Essex Community College just because it was cheaper. Uh-huh. She wants to be an educator. She wants to work in the public sector, but UML was just way too expensive. you know. Uh-huh. And, and it wasn't that she couldn't afford UML, but it's that she wanted to mm-hmm. be able to pay off her, her schooling while she was in school and not okay. be saddled with that debt. Yeah, yeah. It's a big concern for young people really and, and their families. We've talked a little bit about the Cherish Act. Well, we've talked a a little bit in an introductory way about the Cherish Act. What are some things that 
people who aren't intimately involved with it can do to be more supportive of Phenom and this whole endeavor? Well, I would say if you're a student, um, just find out if there's a Phenom chapter on your campus. Most state schools have one, Amherst has one, Lowell has one, Boston has one, Mass Art has one. Uh, I would definitely recommend our meetings are open to everybody. Just go see what uh, see if you can get involved in any way, offer help, anything like that. And if you're not a student or if you don't have time to get involved, just call your legislator, write to your legislator. I mean, that forum that we had shows that, you know, when constituents talk, yeah. especially in great numbers, their legislators listen. Uh -huh. And I think uh, there's a point where the state house is going to have a, a sort of reckoning because they're going to need to realize that the, you know, the young vote, once it actually, you know, comes out that's and right. represents itself, is a very large voter demographic. Yes, that's right. And what's important to a lot of young people is student debt and being able to afford schooling. And I think that it that if young people especially get involved and start calling and writing to their legislators, mm -hmm. that reality that young people have a very real share of the vote is going to set in for the state house. No. Phenom has a, a chapter at UMass Lowell. Can you, just for local people around here, when do you meet usually and where? So we meet every other week on Monday, generally from 5 to 6, occasionally 6 to 7. Uh, we've been meeting in Dugan Hall on UMass's south campus in the Labor Studies Conference Room. That location may change, so uh, if you wouldn't mind, I can give you a link Absolutely. to our social media yes. for the Lowell chapter, yes. and we'll post updates there if the location changes. But right now, Dugan Hall, South Campus, every other Monday, 5 to 6. And um, as far as the legislature, we will, re we will post a link so people can look up their legislator, their state legislator, and uh, also talk about supporting this bill. As well as I think, I know the Promise Act just recently got an actual bill number assigned to it. Mm -hmm. So we'll check on those things for people and post them down below in the links. I, I just had a quick question. When you have your, your meetings, your phenom meetings, is there ever any outreach to perhaps juniors or seniors in high school just to bring them into the fold? We haven't done much in that regard, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um, I don't think it would be a bad idea necessarily at all. But uh, our chapter, uh, the UMass Lowell chapter, is somewhat small. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, UMass Lowell is a somewhat small school. We're still trying to build support, but I think that would be a very good idea. Mm. So if you do too, yeah. if you're a junior or senior uh, in a high school situation, <laughs> maybe reach out to Jack through the the post links that we're going Absolutely, to post. yeah, yeah. I mean because. Like we said at the beginning, to just walk into this unknowing yeah. and and not realize how hard you're going to be hit with loans. That's that's a real or, big shock. To or people. what creative financing you're going to need to yeah. come up with to right. get through four years of college. And some people's um, education doesn't stop at the four year mark. That's you know, no, I mean, you have I, to keep going often. That's that's what I'm dreading. You know, if I end up trying to go to graduate school, I'm going to have to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, you know, I, I, I'm i probably just going to have to continue taking out more loans, yeah. and it's just going to be more debt. Mm -hmm. So Massachusetts needs a talented workforce uh, and an educated one as well. So Massachusetts, you need to step up to the plate here Absolutely. on this way. Yeah. I mean, if we want to keep, you know, priding ourselves on our uh, high-quality education, we need to start backing that up with action. Absolutely. And I think since oh, Massachusetts okay. thrives on its knowledge economy, if you have people who can't afford to go to school and then don't go to school because they can't pay for it, you're going to have a brain drain. It's going to be a problem. You know, you're going to see the very real economic consequences of that. Yeah. 
Thank you to Jack Bowe for speaking with us today about the CHERISH Act and why it is important to ensure our public universities and colleges here in Massachusetts are fully funded. This is certainly an issue and a worry impacting many of us, either personally because of our own pursuit of higher education in Massachusetts or our children who are attending or ready to attend college. We know from our AFT Mass debt clinics that this concerns many of you, and we encourage members to reach out to Phenom and to support the Cherish Act. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share their experience or expertise, send us an email. We'll be back next week with another podcast episode. But until then, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week.